Hook him up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Oh, man, it's the fabulous fifth quarter, final hour of the week, fifth today, 25 on the week, and uh, Rod Babers let us know about uh, 5.30 this morning that his wife's uh, water had broken and he was not going to make it in, rightfully so, enough. Obviously, he's got more important issues, the birth of his first child, and we have not gotten any updates. Hopefully, everything is going great for he and his wife, and uh, we'll get full updates. I don't know. I'm not sure, because people have already asked me, you think Rod will be out next week. I, I, I do know that... Uh, um, the I think the plan was for her mother to come in and spend because he because we were talking about what's going to happen when she's born and uh, how that's going to play and if you need some time take your time whatever you need and that and he said well no I don't think it'll be too bad because mom mother mother's coming and that'll help because you know he doesn't want to miss you know Rod he doesn't like to not do the show so we'll see I don't I assume he won't be with us on the pregame tomorrow from Doc's backyard in Sunset Valley where we'll be from four to six tomorrow getting ready for Texas and Baylor and keeping up with all gosh think about four to six will be on. And, man, that'll be in the heat of the uh, Alabama-Ole uh, Miss game, Colorado-Oregon. Can Colorado keep that close and pull another upset? Uh, also, I, I'm really intrigued about that BYU-Kansas game because uh, whoever wins that game at Kansas, it's a sellout, they will be undefeated and 4-0. And if it's Kansas as a favorite in the game, they're going to come in here undefeated and ranked next Saturday. So that's a game I want to see. Obviously, you want to see your long, Longhorns. And both of those teams are – Future opponents here in Austin to the Longhorns, Baylor, BYU, and Kansas. Probably Kansas the, getting some serious respect. Well, it's probably the most important game you need to watch this weekend if you're a Longhorn fan is to see, you know, Oklahoma, Cincinnati's 11. You need to keep an eye on both of those teams. You don't play Cincinnati this year, but obviously you play Oklahoma. And, um, yeah, that BYU-Kansas game is one that will reveal a lot. And then Texas will play, um, obviously, the the night game with the, the Baylor Bears. So come on out, Doc's Backyard, Sunset Valley, right there on Brody, between Brody and the Burger Center. That uh, shopping center there, great spot, backs up to the uh, to the trails. So it's a great spot to bring your kids, and they can play on the playground out back, and great meals and dinner and food, plus $4 Bud Light uh, aluminum cans there while we're there. Also, the... Uh, Michelob Ultra, Budweiser, and Bud Light pitchers for 16 bucks. So good stuff. Good stuff out at uh, Doc's Backyard tomorrow, 4 to 6. Also, uh, I'm going to have to leave a little early for that because you can do it. I'll encourage you to join me. If you're not going to Waco and you're going to watch this game from your house or somewhere, um, doing, we talked to Bobby Burton earlier this morning from Inside Texas, and I'll be again hosting the Inside Texas on Texas Football YouTube channels. Uh, watch with us. We watch the game together. And it's me hosting it for the entirety of the game. And then, you know, Bobby will join. Rod and it typically joins. I doubt Rod will be able to join us tomorrow during one of the quarters. But Jerry Hamilton and Ian Boyd and Eric Nalin and all of the great insiders at Inside Texas. And it's a fun way to really drill down on the game. And it's entertaining, too, because we have fun and we laugh and uh, talk about what's what we're seeing in real time. So, you know, analysis of the first quarter after the first quarter. We talk about it at halftime. What adjustments need to be made? Obviously, when it was 10 to 10 into the third quarter against Wyoming, there were a lot of conversations being had. So, uh, check that out. That's all you got to do is go to YouTube and uh, type in on Texas football and that's part of Inside Texas. You will see it. Click on it and uh, watch with us. Pretty simple. Appreciate that. Uh, also, of course, uh, check out the Horn YouTube page as well. You can watch our show every day on the Horn's YouTube page. Also, their, my newest podcast is out with, or will be out today, with the, the Eyes on Texas multicast previewing the Baylor game. That's what we're going to do right now. Uh, speaking of preview that Baylor game, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline. He is a host. 
Not on? Okay, we're going to talk to Matt Mosley here in a second. I thought he was already on with us. I apologize for that. Um, um, so there you go. So we're looking forward to that coming up tomorrow. So that'll be, we'll probably start that about 6, 15, 6, 20. Because normally for TV will go at 6.30 and there'll be a little bit of a lag, so the game won't kick till 6.35 or 6.40. But we will make that happen uh, w- when we can uh, tomorrow. So watch with us. Man, the numbers on that are, by the way, growing like crazy. So we appreciate you doing that. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... Um, and so join us for that and join us at Docs tomorrow. Have a nice cold Bud Light, watch football, and uh, hang out. I doubt we see Rod there. But, you know, crazier things um, have happened. Well, but, you know... Baby, first baby. This, this is you can. You, that's one of those things, Ty. You can't imagine it because you haven't been there, but you think you're prepared for it. Um, you think you're on on. You know, you kind of prepared your brain for what's about to happen. Feeling? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Now I a grew whole up new I, world for yourself. It is. I, I mean, maybe I. I don't know what Rod's situation, but I. I grew up understanding little kids and babies because I. When I was eight, almost nine, my parents had my brother, my younger brother. So I kind of grew up with a baby in the house. Um, didn't, you know, hold, I remember holding Dan, my brother. By the way, happy birthday to Dan. Had a birthday this week. Uh, so I, I would you know, hold, the, hold an infant. So that, that was – I understood that maybe Same more. Same as me. I'm, I'm a, a good amount older than the rest of my siblings. So, so yeah, you've been there, right? I, was, I can remember them all being babies. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, then, and then my parents had a, my sister, who turns 40 this year, by the way. So that was 40 years ago. Um, so – I, when she was born, I was gosh ten or eleven, so two babies in the house, and understood that pretty clearly. I remember going to the to the delivery room, and mom had my my sister. So uh, I guess I understood it maybe a little better. I don't know than or whatever. But you know, it's yours now, right? And that's your wife, and she's going through that, and uh, you're just hoping it's okay. And uh, yeah, um, so you just and then every day, every day is new, and every guy, every dad knows and. Because Rod mentioned, I uh, see Bobby Burton told us that when he talked to Rod last night about some stuff this weekend and getting ready, and Rod said he was just putting in the car seat, putting that car seat in the car, making sure it's all locked in and ready to go, and um, you know, and so that's that's perfect timing because now Rod's going to go to the hospital and they're going to have this baby, and then you know, as I said, every father knows that drive home. Uh, you never drive as carefully or as slowly uh, as you do then. That's the truth, Ty. When you're driving home from the hospital. Whenever they, you know, everybody gets released, mama and baby are released. You drive home, and you'll, you're, you're like the, you're, you're the safest driver that you've ever been in your life at that moment. I'd assume so, and because you, you're, because you're precious cargo, precious cargo, and you're like, why don't I always drive? I mean, what, 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 what am I? I don't value my myself. Uh, but man, there's just something to it, and you kind of get nervous when cars are next to you and stuff. I don't know. It's such a weird, weird deal, uh, but. Uh, a blessing for sure, and we look forward to hearing stories of Rod and uh, his little baby girl. He's going to be a, a girl dad as, uh, as soon as this all comes to fruition, so we're excited to hear more about that. But uh, that doesn't diminish that there are going to be a lot of football games to be played, including one in Waco tomorrow night. Can we go to the Vaqueros hotline and uh, uh, visit with a good friend and uh, host of the Doomsday podcast? He's a columnist for Fox Sports. Well, ESPN.com, FoxSports.com, also Texas Monthly. You also hear him on The Volume with Colin Cowherd, and he hosts a great show up there on ESPN Central Texas that talks a lot of Baylor Bears football. He is Matt Mosley. Matt, how are you, my friend? I'm good. And, Aaron, I heard you guys talking. I did the same thing. I went out and, like, 
my daughter's now just turned 16 and I went and bought like a new SUV because I was so freaked out. And I just remember driving home from the hospital and you're just like, you feel like everybody's out to get you. And <laughs> yeah. I was like taking back roads and stuff. Like I, well, we obviously can't get on the highway with a newborn. <laughs> yeah. It, was uh-huh. just like it, it certainly changes everything. And uh, just moments before this, I just came from watching her at the big varsity, uh, Oh, uh, the, the big pep rally. It's homecoming weekend Cool here in, uh, here at, for Lake Highlands. All right. So, and by the way, I got some interesting Lake Highlands news for you guys. Give it There's to a me. huge battle between the Longhorns and the bears for a player named Trey Johnson, who is, who is arguably the best player in 2024 basketball. And he's had official visits to, um, to Austin, and this weekend is his official visit to Baylor, his second one. And it's going to come down to those two schools. And, like, he's unbelievable. He single-handedly led our high school in the Dallas area to a state championship. And so I really wish, Aaron, that he wasn't um, attending a Baylor UT game. I don't think it's going to go well for my alma mater, but uh, anyway, I just thought I would bring you That's cool. a little uh, basketball tell, recruiting tell, news. Tell me his name again at uh, Lake Highlands High School. So he's his name is Trey Johnson, and and right now Rodney Terry and his staff are fighting this thing out with Scott Drew and his staff, and now the young man is at Link Academy uh, in Branson, Missouri which has become a huge prep school. He's spending a senior year there. Um, but he's, yeah, he's from the, uh, from the Dallas area. Uh, okay. Like a lot of these kids, they end up finishing at prep schools. Yeah, uh, Trey Johnson, we'll keep an eye on that. Thank you, Matt Mosley, for that tip. Uh, all right, so you just kind of alluded to it. Baylor is your alma mater. You cover that team and uh, you do the show on, e- on ESPN Central Texas there. Uh, Dave Aranda, you know, it's safe to say the, uh, you know, the, the, sm- the, the, the bloom is not as, as bright for him right now. He won a Big 12 championship in year two. But uh, seven and nine as a record since that Big Twelve championship, and he's lost his last six matchups head to head against Power Five teams. What is going on with the Baylor program right now? Well, I would say a, a couple things. Um, they didn't totally capitalize on that championship they had in two thousand twenty-one, like you see some schools do. They have been slow on the NIO world, and they're trying to kind of get back in the game here or just get in the game period uh, I would say Dave has admitted that he didn't really embrace the portal so he didn't do great in that regard um, and they finally do have some portal players this year but he could be under fire and you know you don't lose at home to Texas State no matter how improved they are with G.J. Kenny, who I think is a great young coach but that was an embarrassing way to start the season. They really should have beaten Utah, handed the Utes, uh, who are, what, number 11 in the country right now, handed them a game at the end of that one. So they did play a lot better against Utah. But they, they've got a, a young quarterback, very inexperienced. Their, their top running backs out uh, likely for this game, Dominic Richardson. Uh, you know, Obviously, Blake Shapin's out with an injury as well. So – uh, again, I'm sure Sark is doing everything in the world to convince his guys, hey, this is, you know, do not take this thing for granted. And who knows? Maybe it's supposed to be a packed house, huge crowd. Maybe they stand up and play. 
but it's uh, it really feels like a long shot. Uh, and if if you're if you're out there and you like to wager, I would have a hard time uh, telling anybody to uh, to take the Bears to cover. Yeah, that's kind of the mood we've heard out of Waco, and that just further echoes that. Matt Mosley with us, uh, alum of Baylor, hosts that uh, show on ESPN Central Texas. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Mosley, longtime voice in the DFW Metroplex, writer and voice. Hey, Matt, the uh, if there is a recipe to win it, uh, if you're Dave Aranda, I mean, maybe Wyoming gave you the script last week where you you know, catch Texas when they're you know, coming off the Alabama win and you know, execute ball control, right? Uh, Wyoming had the ball for 38, 39 minutes in that game. They limited Texas' possessions. They still lost by 21 because Texas can explode on you like that. But they, they, they had the game where they wanted in the fourth quarter, tied up. And then, you know, th- if that were to happen this time around, Baylor would have that crowd and, you know, the final mat- matchup with Texas. And that is, is that the recipe in your mind? Yeah. I mean, this team – They've been in a lot of games. They had TCU beat last year, and much like what happened against Utah, coughed it up at the very end, and that would have changed uh, TCU's trajectory, and they would have not ended up in the college football playoff. It could have ruined their season, the Frogs. Um, I would say that this Baylor's hope is to get some takeaways, uh, and they are – they look – especially against Utah, like way better on defense. They were much improved. And what you guys will find interesting is Baylor's going to come out there with like a whole cast of freshmen and redshirt freshmen. You're like, well, that seems like a recipe for disaster. I got to tell you all, they've looked great. Like the young DBs, the safeties, the cornerbacks. um, I mean, they've really across the board – uh, just been very impressive, and they do have good linebackers. So um, I would say they have to win this game on defense and have to control it and and then do what, you know, like you say, Wyoming did. Texas seemingly their issue has been sort of efficiency. The big plays have been there, and, they, and they'll probably find a couple of home run plays against the Bears. But, I mean, if – the, the the biggest problem, the, the only thing Baylor can do, now Grimes is a good offensive coordinator, and he doesn't look like it right now, obviously. But from a ball control standpoint, yeah, they'll try. Like, they don't function well if they can't run. Now, the one thing that may give the Longhorns defense a little trouble is this guy didn't really look like it. He looks He's a big 6'3", 6'4", gangly-type guy. He's really fast. Like, he's kind of like crazy fast for a big, tall dude like this. Um, And, again, he can't afford to take too many shots. He's got nobody behind him. Uh, If he gets knocked out of the game, Baylor has no shot. But I I think the Bears will will try to turn him into a a runner. And kind of like, you know, when they were really good a couple of years ago, it was with Gary Bohannon running the football and being a threat. And they made the decision to go with Shapin because he was a more talented passer. And I think the verdict's still out on that one. Was that a poor decision? Well, we'll see. It certainly has not been a good decision so, decision so far. So I would look for that. I would look for a quarterback who who is going to try to impact the running game. And and then, again, he's also been banged up. So that's something to look for, too. He's had a, He turned his ankle a couple of weeks ago. So... He again. He may end up being a great young quarterback. He's out of love at Coronado, so I mean his story still has to be written. I'm just saying, 
it doesn't feel like he's truly ready for this kind of occasion. I mean, it's going to take a great scheme. I do think they have some interesting pieces on the O-line, but they're shaky there, too. They brought, I mean, they had to bring in some LDS folks from uh, from BYU, two brothers, the Barrington brothers. They both start for the Bears, but, I mean, they've had major false start issues. They're, they're shaky up front. So, again, I'm every time I start trying to paint a picture where they win, I end up making the opposite argument. Yeah, well, I think that's well said. And, uh, yeah, we have heard that uh, that Sawyer Robertson's got an ankle issue that, that limited him last week. Even throwing the ball hard to push off and plant, which led to some inaccurate throws. That's why they just pounded the rock last week against uh, Long Island to get that victory. Be interesting. Sawyer is a, you know, my, my scouting report on him is, is um, you know, he's, a, he's an air raid quarterback his whole life, right? I mean, he was in Lubbock, throwing around in the air raid, went to Mississippi State. Uh, I'm going to play for Mike Leach, and of course we know what happened there. And now he's at Baylor. He's kind of learning how to take the ball under center, and you know, you know do this, you know, proper footwork for these uh, outside zone handoffs. And it's almost like he's learning on the fly to run this offense when it's pretty foreign to him as as an air raid QB. Yeah, and, and maybe some of that element of surprise could help. Um, I, the one thing he's shown that he can do so far is is some of those deep balls. And Bears have a transfer named Keytron Jackson that came in from Arkansas. And they got a guy named Hal Presley as well. And and while Sawyer hasn't been terribly accurate and the passing game has not been great, they have hit on some deep balls. And he throws a really, like, a beautiful deep ball. And, and again, big, tall kid. Like, I, you, you'll see him and go, oh, oh, man, this guy, I mean, he's like a – Kind of got that Ewers um, look about him from a size and measurables type standpoint. Uh, and again, he he kind of like Quinn this year, who's really hit on some big plays. Maybe not always been real efficient on some of the intermediate routes. That's kind of Sawyer. Um, but I mean, if they if they could hit on some big plays early, I mean, I think it's one of those deals where if they are to have any chance they got to come out and punch Texas in the mouth early and kind of let them know they're in a ball game. If Texas scores a couple of touchdowns early, Baylor's done. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, not, not, not that they're going to quit, but they don't have the horses to get back in a game. Um, they, they, need to, they need this thing to feel like that Wyoming game. They need to be able to hang around and, and see what they could do in the end. But, I mean, that's, again, that's a lo- – they have been horrible at finishing games uh, as well. So we'll see. And they have a new defense coordinator who is calling plays for the first time. So it's uh, they've got the defensive genius. Um, I had Del Conte on my show uh, a couple of days ago, and, and Chris, of course, he was laying it on thick, but he called them the, the defensive mastermind and was going <laughs> on and on about all that. <laughs> but uh, I don't think – I, I, I don't get the sense that even Chris thinks, oh, my gosh, we could be in trouble in Waco. Uh, I don't I don't see anything that would lead you to believe that right now. Other than, like, a crowd that is a weird crowd right now. Guy, I mean, it's they're mad at each other. They're like nobody agrees on what color they should wear to the game. They're <laughs> fighting. It's like Baptist. We all fight constantly, and, and everybody's like, 
they'll say to me sometimes, well, why doesn't the Baptist church step in? It's like, wait a second. We got like five different groups and nobody likes each other. And that's kind of the way it is with this fan base right now. They're, they can't agree on anything. They, they're half the people want to wear black to the game and have a blackout, but then the student, they don't want to do that uh, administration because they used to do that during the Bryles era. So it's just a constant. So this is not, you're, you're encountering a group of pretty angry bears. And the only thing that could unite them is, is, is getting off to a good start. And then who knows, maybe they could get involved in the game. My, my fear is that my season tickets, which I don't use cause I'm up in the press box, but that, that, you know, like people like me will sell their tickets and that the horns take over the stadium. <laughs> and I, I certainly think something like that could happen. Matt Mosley, great stuff. Uh, appreciate that very much. You can hear his show every day, ESPN Central Texas, 3 to 6, I believe, is when your show airs, and so you'll be on this afternoon Correct. previewing this game. Hey, real quick, Matt, because you've covered the Cowboys for so long, how big of an injury is Trevon Diggs to that defense? It's still a good defense, but, man, that is a terrible blow. I think all of us, when we saw that hit our phones yesterday, were just like one of those real bummers because they played so well, and he's been playing so great to start this season. Just got his new contract. How big is that for you in your mind with the Cowboys? Oh, it's huge. I don't know if there's a defensive back in the league right now. Maybe you could make some argument for like a safety or somebody, but like that impacts the game quite like he does because he's so instinctive and he tracks the ball better than like most wide receivers and he's got incredible hands and then he loves to score, obviously. And so he's a different. I mean, in the in the past, he's given up yards, and this year he's not. Like literally, they said the when in, when throwing to his side or throwing to his man, quarterbacks have a one point zero quarterback rating. So he was having an unbelievable season. It's a huge setback for the Cowboys. I mean, the only silver lining is they've got Jordan Lewis getting ready to return. Bland, Deron Bland's pretty nice player, and they brought in Stephon. Uh, Gilmore in the offseason who's a great veteran so there is some depth but you don't replace Trayvon Diggs I mean it's it's uh it would be like you know Texas losing its best cornerback whoever that is uh, by the way I still have bad thought I have I still every time I see uh Barron out there for Texas I think about how he committed to Baylor years ago yep. and it just kills me because he's he's such a great player and uh, yeah, I always think about how we we had him committed, and who knows what happened. I think that might have been pre NIL. I don't think the Longhorns dollars got him. Who knows? But uh, anyway, the Bears. Uh, but yeah, huge loss for uh, with Diggs. I think they'll they'll be okay. It's not like they won't. I don't think it's like knock them out of the playoffs. They're just not as dangerous and feared a team without Diggs. Well, well, they still have a good pass rush, but obviously the point of that was to cover it up great on the back end and then get that pass rush home more and more often, and uh, this will be a hit to that for sure. Got to have some guys step up. Matt, appreciate it, my friend, and uh, good to hear you. Thanks for the thoughts and the tip on the Texas basketball recruit uh, fighting with Baylor. Uh-huh. Also, uh, good thoughts, and uh, appreciate you doing it. Thanks a lot, my friend. I know you're busy. Uh, okay, holler at me, Texas OU weekend. Maybe we can get together. All right, there you go. There is uh, Matt Mosley, uh, good dude right there. So I've uh, been doing it in Dallas for a long, long time. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's interesting that the fan base is split. That's that's uh, it just feel, and sometimes when I get this like 
the, the, you know, when you get this certain about a situation, you're like, man, something, something's not going to work here. Uh, because it does, everybody we've talked to out of Waco has the same sense that the, the organ, the, what, what did, hey, Ty, what did uh, Craig Smoke call it? He called it, uh, discombobulated, uh, or he, he, he was not good. I mean, everybody in Waco is kind of finger pointing and, uh, what's up with this Dave Aranda? We're not using the portal. Which quarterback? You know, even look, they weren't big on Blake Shapin coming back. And then, then he got hurt, and he was their best player for sure in the Texas State loss. And he's right about the Utah game. That uh, I watched a lot of that Utah game. They they were up thirteen to three in that game, and and then and Utah is one of those ranked Pac twelve teams that's undefeated now, and that would have been a signature win. And then they let it get away because Sawyer Robertson threw a couple interceptions. And uh, but that was a Utah team. When we know Utah is different on the road than at home, they're a great home team, not nearly as good on the road, and they had their backup quarterback. So and they were down to their third string quarterback at times, using the kid that can run, and they couldn't um, they couldn't close that game out. So Texas, you got to feel good. And I agree with his assessment hundred percent. Quick start, which Texas has not been great at this year. If you can get a quick start, this crowd will you know you know it'll be like well this is what we expected, and you can have this game. But again, if it's a fourth quarter game. Uh, you got to feel like the crowd will be huge and a huge, impactful situation for Baylor. We'll come back. We'll hear from Sark on uh, how to get off to a faster start. What does he think of Sawyer Robertson? We'll have that coming back. And before the end of the hour, we'll get a uh, fun round of what's popping. What's popping, including a legend coming out of retirement to try to get to the bottom of this Matthew McConaughey situation with Woody Harrelson. Are they really brothers? we got details on that coming. It's Ian Rodgers. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Lazy yellow moon coming up to tonight, shining through the trees. Crickets are singing and lightning bugs are floating on the breeze. Baby, get ready. All right, appreciate Matt Mosley. Good stuff there. Talking Texas Baylor. He's not very confident as an alum and season ticket holder of uh, the Baylor Bears. Um. So, but it means just got to go win the game, Ty. Got to go win the game. We had Craig Smoke, Matt Mosley. They're on the ground and covering that team, and they are not optimistic. Longhorn fans, are you leery? Are you feeling nervous? Or is this one Texas goes handles their business? Uh, Texas, if Texas hang messes around, plays with their food, and kicks the ball around, they can get Baylor into this game. I, I, I with Matt, and I said it all week. It just feels like a game Texas can go in and if they set the tempo and the tone early. This won't be a close game. I don't think so. I, I think this is going to be got to be one of those statement wins, like like Casey and Quan uh, were talking about when they used to dog walk Baylor back in the day when they were playing. I I don't know if it'll be a sixty to zero, but I'm ex, I'm expecting a thirty point victory here. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see that thirty. Well, you know, can we, uh, Rod Babers was saying before this week that uh, when, when they were Baylor's really bad when he played them the Care Bears? back in the day, and they were the Care Bears. They were so soft, <laughs> and then De- Casey, same thing. But obviously, Art Briles, you know, turned the fate of that program, and you know, and then we know what happened. Dave Aranda's, you know, tried to keep it going, and they won the Big Twelve just two years ago. So, got to take it seriously. But it does feel like, especially if Blake Shapin and Dominic Richardson were playing, they had a full complement. Uh, I do think Shapin's a pretty good quarterback, and this offense was built for him. Right, this offense was built to run the football with the outside zone and then earn play action. And now what you've seen, you know, they look. They want to run the ball, get you out of your guts. Remember the, the the outside zone run scheme. We don't have Rod here to give us the full breakdown, but you know, think think the Forty ers You know, Kyle Shanahan. They run the outside. This is Mike Shanahan back in the. I think Ter- Terrell Davis back with the Broncos. And what are they looking for? They want to get you flowing this way, and then you know, the cutback lanes open up, 
and uh, then they run play action off of that. And that's why we've seen Sawyer Robertson you know, take the most deep ball shots and the, the most yard air yards of any quarterback in the Big 12. They don't sh- throw a lot of those little quick screens, those little quick passes. Uh, we see Texas and, and so many teams run to get their quarterback in a rhythm. Sawyer, and again, I said this with, with Matt, Sawyer Robertson has been a, a, an air raid quarterback his whole life. And that's that's an adjustment. We saw Garrett Gilbert struggle with that here at Texas when he went from Lake Travis and came here, and then Mac Brown changed the offense. You've got to learn how to play under center. It's a different view of the field. It's a different, uh, you know, once the ball is snapped, you have new responsibilities, and obviously the, the footwork to that comes into play. And not to say he can't get there, but, you know, he's, he's a couple of games into that, and it was supposed to be Blake Shapin running that offense. And right now it's a guy who I don't think is ready to run it. Would you say 10,000 hours? Oh yeah, with Trayvon Diggs. We're talking about Trayvon Diggs, and we, you know the Outliers book. Um, you know, ten thousand hours to master something, and I felt like Trayvon Diggs had finally, because as, as Rod has pointed out, Trayvon Diggs didn't always play corner, and he just started playing corner when he got to Alabama, and now here he is in the NFL. He's he's finally, I think, mastered it because he's, you know, because Trayvon would ball hawk and and get picks, but he'd also get beat sometimes. It feels like he had. He'd gotten that pet, you know, over that hurdle, and he was just going to be the lockdown corner of this league. That's why it's a big blow for the Cowboys. Well, how many hours do you think Baylor's quarterback's got under center? Right. That's even, exactly right. Even close to a novice at yeah. this point. Well, I mean, you can work in the offseason, but um, He's an apprentice. it's different than in a game. It's different than when it's coming at you with this Texas defense and this front and the way they've been you know, getting after people up front and Jalen Ford in the middle. And then it's a big safeties game for Texas. I mean, uh, when you're playing this outside zone – and you, I'm sure you played against teams like this in high school time. And you got you were the defensive end, so you got to you got to set the edge. You got to maintain your gap consistency, and you can't give those cutback lanes. And then the safeties, Jalen Catalan, Keaton Crawford, uh, Jaron Thompson, Jade Barron. These guys got to come down and tackle in the box. I mean, they got to get after it. This is one of those games where that's why I said Jalen Ford. I'm predicting him as the Viking fence defensive player of the of the week. I think he's going to make a lot of plays. And you know, once if you if you can uh, stuff that run. And then force them into play action passes and deep shots. That's where I think you can see Jalen Ford dropping into coverage and, and taking another one of those interceptions because that's where he flourishes dropping into coverage uh, once you've got them in passing situations. But I'll say one more time the key is first down in this game for Texas, both ways. Both ways. And it's really for both teams. Uh, it's, it's if you can. Be a, if you can win first down on offense, you're going to be more efficient as an offense, which they haven't been. If you can win first down on defense, uh, big time, you can force, which is what they did to Rice, right? They did that to Rice and JT Daniels. They couldn't move the ball, and they had all those consecutive punts. They did it to Wyoming most of the time once they gave up that long touchdown, but they, they allowed Wyoming to drive the ball and control the clock a little bit more than like I think they wanted. Drive. Which one, Bryce? The, no, the nine-minute drive in Wyoming to get that 17. Double. 17 minutes? Well, 17 plays. 17 okay. plays. It was 11 and a half minutes of a Jeez. drive. That was the drive coming off their goal line in the third quarter that I know PK was disappointed in. I mean, the recipe you want is the Rice game. Because if you go back and watch the Rice game, they did nothing. Like, they had, going into the fourth quarter, they had like 60 yards. Uh, and then they gave up a nine-minute drive in the fourth quarter that, as we've talked about, prevented Arch Manning from ever getting in the game, or he would have. Um, you know, this 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 uh, this offense is. I mean, JT Daniels is better than Sawyer Robertson. I was about to say, and I, the, and I think the kid far that, better. And I know people say this sounds like an excuse, but the kid for Wyoming, I think, was better than anybody expected. And that was their their, their backup quarterback. Their backup, yeah. yeah. Well, but he was man. He stood tall in the pocket. He made some really good throws. Obviously, the pick six in the end was was one he want back. But I thought he did a nice job. Uh, Sawyer Robertson's not that yet. Now he he's he's big. Matt's right about that. He's six four and two twenty. He's a big guy. And if he's healthy, I think that's another key to this. If you had a healthy Sawyer Robertson, 
I think that would be a, a big factor here, but he's got an ankle. And what was the initial prognosis on that? Just which one? Like I, was it just a regular ankle sprain? Ankle sprain, yeah. And But, you know, we Craig, Craig Smoke, I think, said it right yesterday. We, there's no way to tell how healthy he'll be, how quickly can he get healthy, because it was an ankle. And last week, if you look at their stats, it's really ugly. He only threw for 113 yards, but there was a two-hour rain delay they had last week with Long Island. I drove through that rain, by the way, when I was driving up to Dallas. It was a monsoon. He... Um, but then once they realized he wasn't healthy with the ankle, he hurt, his ankle, hurt the ankle, I believe, against Utah. And so they, but they do want his legs to be part of this offense. And if he's hurt, this even further limits a limited Baylor team against a very good Texas defense. And so, yeah, Texas brings that rice intensity and can force this off on first down and force them into third and longs. That's where this thing could get out of hand. Texas forcing some turnovers, you know, getting the offense going. And uh, I just wonder if Sark comes out and tries to run the football and get this thing, you know, get physical up front and, and set a tone early. How long does he stick with the run if it's not working early? Well, let's hear Sark uh, on the, you know, the early down success being the key to this football game. He talked yesterday on his weekly Thursday Zoom that uh, to be more, become a more efficient offense, which they really haven't been. They've been an explosive offense, just not efficient drive to drive your Sark on that uh, first and second down success. You know, I think inevitably it's just being intentional. You know, we, we want to be intentional with, with the, with the things that, that we're asking of them, whether it's the run game, the pass game, you know, it's run defense, pass defense. You know, we just really feel like when, when you win the first down, you got a much better chance of winning third down and staying on the field or, and, or getting off the field on defense. And so, um, if you can get positive yards on first down, that allows you to you know do some different things on second down. Um, but if you get forced with a third down, you're in that you're in that you know much greater makeable range from a percentage standpoint to convert and extend drives. All right. So, um, but we also remember last year's game was a close game. They had Blake Shapen at quarterback, and Texas was able to run out the fourth quarter essentially with Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson. Uh, did last week's game with Jonathan Brooks give Sark some confidence in getting C.J. Baxter back? Can we get an update from Coach on C.J.? C.J., of course, was held out of the Wyoming game with an injury that he suffered at the near the end of the Alabama contest. Here's Sark on where C.J. Baxter, the freshman, is. Yeah, he looked great today. Um, I was really, really excited about watching him practice today. Uh, best practice he's had in two weeks, so I feel good about him going Saturday. Okay, so there you go. Now you got a two-headed monster at running back. And again, with an offense that's struggling, we saw it last week. What did they do? I mean, and Wyoming, I, I just don't know what Dave Aranda's. He's going to have some disguises, and he's a defensive genius. We know that. But I thought the Wyoming game plan was the smart one, right, against this offense. Just keep everything underneath you, tackle, rally to the ball, and see if Sark will be patient and run the ball. And last week he was. I mean, it's really what settled this team down in the first half and then again in the second was, was running the football with Jonathan Brooks. Based on that and the fourth quarter of the Alabama game, does that give them and him enough confidence? Say, you know what? I wasn't sure what we were going to be without Bijan and Roshan, but we do. We do have a running game, an improved offensive line. And that's what Dave Aranda said this week about when he watches Texas on film. The difference he sees is a maturing offensive line and then more weapons. Like last year, they knew they had to bracket and cover Xavier Worthy, and that's still the case because Xavier's having a heck of a season. But, you know, they also have A.D. Mitchell now. Jordan Whittington is still there and cranking. J.T. Sanders is a problem. And so if you can combine that with this running game, if C.J. Baxter is again healthy and um, you know Jonathan Brooks, what he's shown in the last couple of weeks, kind of breaking out, I think this could be, again, a one-sided game. If it's not, I'll, I'll say it this way. If it's not a one-sided game, because, again, the line is two touchdowns. I would call anything above 15 points kind of a one-sided game. If Texas do, does not make this, this is a close game late, it's going to be Texas' fault. It's going to be Texas' fault, Ty. 
It's not going to be anything Baylor does. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, or they're going to allow Baylor to do it's things like they shouldn't so- allow them to do. Sawyer Robinson's not going to go out there and pass for 300 yards. No, and not capable. And every every Baylor inside we've talked about has said the same thing, that they just don't have it in them. They don't have the, the skill players, and they he's not healthy. And he's not their starting quarterback, so this one shouldn't be close. All right, we'll uh, preview the other big games because it's a great day of college football, as we said. This is about as good as it gets. Uh, you'll be certainly intently watching the Longhorn game, but you'll also be looking around. I mean, this is, I don't know that we'll have a Saturday this good. Uh, six ranked matchups, six, three in the Pac 12, then uh, also one in the Big Ten. That's Penn State and Iowa, which Iowa's always a weird place to play, right? Is that, I, I got to look and see if that game is at Penn State or Iowa. I haven't really drilled down on that game yet, but uh, all new picks. Oh, yeah. Are you ready? We'll do that when we come back. We'll do our What's Poppin' picks for the game, okay? Five uh, each? Yeah, we do. Rod not being here is throwing me off. we got to do our five picks. We'll do that coming up in What's Poppin'. Plus, I'll mention this this story with Woody Harrelson and uh, Matt McConaughey. That's coming back as well. But six unbeaten, six-ranked teams, seven matchups of unbeatens, um, uh, eighth-ever Ohio State-Notre Dame game. Bama-Clemson could be eliminated from the playoff by October if they can't win their games tomorrow, but both are at home. Bama's got Ole Miss. Clemson has Florida State, the uh, fourth-ranked team in the country. I really like this day of college football. I think you will, too. We'll talk more about it, making our picks. Coming back on Ian Rodby. What's poppin'? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like Stockton. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. I can put the ball in the end zone, put a bad in the friend zone. Sound like an intro, Jets on. All right, time for picks. Before we do, I uh, teased this story a couple times. I need to mention it. How about this? Earlier this year, we brought you the story that uh, some facts and speculation that began over drinks in Italy, I believe, on vacation, creates a scenario that maybe Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson aren't just best buddies, but they may actually be related brothers. Okay. Uh, this came back during the Kelly Ripa podcast recently. McConaughey revealed that his mother once implied that she slept with Woody Harrelson's father, who turned out to be a contract killer. <laughs> the story is something straight out of Hollywood for these two. Well, how about this? Uh, turns out, according to this website, uh, brobible.com, Maury Povich, Maury Povich, the legendary TV show host, is going to come out of retirement to determine if Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are brothers. You know, he became famous for the shtick and the bit, you are not the father, right? The baby daddies and baby mamas and all that mess. So, yeah, Maury Povich coming out of his retirement to solve the riddle. I'd watch that. Oh, yeah, it'll get huge ratings. Get huge ratings. And He's pretty old. Well, and the immediate speculation, and I, it might be fair, is that they're, they got this new reality show that they're doing, so this is to pump the reality show but didn't didn't Matthew's mom? She oh yeah, she's the one. The one that, she's the one that was like, oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I knew well, your dad, if you know what I mean. Right. This 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 was from the Kelly River podcast. You know, it was it was Woody telling the story? Excuse me, Matthew telling the story that he said, oh, in Greece a few years ago, we were sitting around talking about how close we are and our families. And my mom was there, and she says, Woody, I knew your dad. Everyone was aware of the ellipse that my mom left after knew. It was a loaded new. We went on to unpack this new, meant to, did some math, found out that his dad was on furlough at the same time with my mom and my dad were in their second divorce. Then it's possible receipts out in West Texas where there might have been a gathering, a meeting, a new moment. I heard bells. So we'll see Maury Povich to the rescue. 
Maury Povich to the rescue. All right, what's popping? Popping for sure is baseball this weekend. In addition, gosh, there's so much popping. Your head's going to be on a swivel this weekend. Uh, Lake Travis Westlake tonight, part of the big high school football slate. You know, number two against number number one against number three in the in the area. Two of the top ranked teams in the state. Uh, that annual Battle of the Lakes is tonight out at Lake Travis. What a game it'll be. Uh, Ty's giving me 21 points, so I'm taking that. That's one of my picks. You're giving me 21, I got Lake Travis. Okay, I'd take Westlake minus 21. That was going to be one of mine, too. Okay, good, good. You got Westlake, and I get three touchdowns. Yeah. That's your line. Yep. Westlake's the best lake. I got Lake Travis and 21. No question about it. Okay, okay, so we're going head-to-head on that one. What other picks do you like this weekend? We pick five every Friday, head-to-head, and what's popping? What do you got? I like Dallas um, at Arizona, 325 on Sunday, minus 12 and a half. Even without T. Diggs? It's perfectly okay. It's Arizona. It is a bad, but they fought at least early, right? They've at least been in these games early. Well, they haven't played the Cowboys yet. Okay. Well, they haven't played in the Cowboys. Something tells me. I mean, they've they played so good, and something tells me they're going to have a mat on this week. You know what I mean? Like the, their best guy, their their guy just got hurt. They'll, that's going to inspire them to play even better. You think so? Deron Bland. I guarantee you, Deron Bland will have an interception if you can bet on that. Do it. Well, Josh Dobbs is not a great quarterback uh, in this game. All right, one of my picks. This is this is tough. I'm going to take Clemson. I'm going to take Clemson. I know it's tough to win in Death Valley, but uh, it's only a two point line. Do you realize that through three games right now, Cade Klubnick is 96th in total QBR. 96th. He's done very little. All they do is sling the ball side to side. Like they don't really go down the field. Uh, and even though I don't think this is all Cade, I think this is on the offense. And this Florida State defense is for real. That's a tough place, but it's an 11 a.m. game, so it won't be as raucous as you might get if it's a night game or a later game. Uh, I like I like uh, Florida State on the road, favored by two. Taking all my picks. Sorry, you got Florida State too. Yep. We can go head to head. We can pick the same game. We don't. We don't. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay, don't do it then. You can pick. We can pick against me, or I can pick against you. You can't pick the same thing. All right, uh, fine. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Just oh, what's the spread? Notre Dame plus three. Um, at home against Ohio State, six thirty Saturday. All right, all right. So I got Florida State on uh, on the road as a favorite. I got Texas on the road as a favorite. I got Texas at Baylor. I'm going to stick with what I've said. Put my money where my mouth is. Fourteen and a half. Uh, yes, that's fine. That's fine. I really, again, I don't, I don't think. Te- I think Texas is matured enough as a team that they're not going to play with their food and mess this game up. I just, I don't. If I, well, I'll eat my words on Monday, but uh, I just feel like this is. This is this is a good spot for Texas. Okay, uh, I'll take SMU plus six and a half at TCU, eleven a.m. on Saturday. Okay, SMU. Who are they playing? TCU. Oh, the skillet. What's the line? The iron there? skillet, six and a half. You know what's sad about this? This is there only. There's two more matchups of this, and that's it. They're not going to play it anymore. Yeah, because TCU's weak. Yeah, well, it's soft. You know, as much as we talk about college football realignment, and as Brett Yormark calls it, consolidation of college football, it certainly is that. But at the same time, you are losing. I mean, you are gaining a rivalry with Texas, getting Texas A&M back on the schedule. But you know, of the five longest-standing head-to-head matchups in the state of Texas, all time, you know, three of them are not going to be played anymore. Uh, this game with Baylor, which is Texas's third most okay. played, the SMU TSTCU's game is going away. Isn't SMU is going to a better conference than the Big Twelve? They they, they kind of want beat. You know, I, would you rather be in the ACC or the Big Twelve moving forward? Um, Big Twelve, really, or ACC? Well, either one, I guess. Bat- uh, yeah, I think they're about the same. I really do. Yeah, you do. Your, uh, I don't know. I'd rather be in the ACC. Bigger programs, bigger names. All right. Um, you, so you have S- you have Westlake, you have FMU, you have Notre Dame. Yes, you're those right. are your three. 
my next pick will be I'm going to take BYU in those points. I'm going to take BYU as a big physical team that just went into Arkansas and got a win, and uh, now they're getting nine and a half points at Kansas. I know it's a sellout. I know Kansas is dynamic. Looks like a trap, though, to me. I know. It's one of those that I'm concerned. But, you know, Kansas, if they win that game by 10 or more, that's an impressive start to their season. They'd have a win over Illinois. They went to Nevada Nevada last week and got a nice win. Would Kansas officially be back if they win this game? Like back to the Mark Mangino days. So, yeah, I'll take that uh, road dog. I've got two road favorites now, a road dog in BYU, plus nine and a half at Kansas. I don't know if they can win the game, but I'm going to keep them, keep it close, win with the lines of scrimmage. I'll take BYU. Uh, all right, what else, Ty? It's my last pick, right? This is it. By the way, who'd you take after SMU? You just took – I know you write these down. No, no, it's, I took Notre Dame, SMU, Westlake. And? we got two more. And Dallas. Dallas Cowboys. Thank you very much. Minus 12 and a half. Okay. Uh, I'll take Utah minus six at home against UCLA. The return of Cameron Rising. I think they're. Uh, I UCLA like that has pick. got a, they got a new quarterback, new running back. It's uh, this will probably be their first true test. Uh, they played Coastal Carolina early, kind of struggled against them offensively. Uh, their defense is good, but I, I think Utah will at home two two thirty middle of the afternoon. I think, <laughs> I think they'll cover. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. And, you know, the, the the easy pick for a lot of people is this Oregon minus 21. I'm not touching that game, but a lot of people out there, Someone's a lot of sharps. Are, Come on, you got to pick it. I'm not taking it. You can take it. Well, what would you if you hypothetically had to pick it? I just, at some point, the wheels are going to come off. And without Travis Hunter, who's your best player on both sides of the field, not named Shadur Sanders, it's such a tall order. It's such a tall order. Uh, but I'm going to go with one that I should have taken last week, and I'm going to take Maryland over Michigan State. Uh, it's at Michigan State, and Maryland is – I'm taking three. This is dangerous for me. I may, I may have a collapse week. But Maryland is at Michigan State, uh, and they're a 7.5-point favorite. But this Mel Tucker thing, Michigan State's program is reeling. And we saw it last week with Washington. They lost 42 or 41 to nothing to uh, and looked terrible doing it. I know that was against Washington, who's a top – you know, five team for a lot of people, but um, uh, you know, two of his little brothers pretty good, and Maryland can score some points. I like Maryland on the road. So all college picks. But if I did have an NFL pick, tie, I would take New England. We talked about their dominance over the Jets. Uh, Bill Belichick owns that team. That would be a desperate, desperate New England team who lost back-to-back home games to start the season. I think they'll take advantage of Zach Wilson and win that game by a field goal. And take the under. And the under. I do like a lot of unders this week. All right, so you've got Westlake, Notre Dame, SMU, Dallas, and Utah. I've got Lake Travis, Florida State, Texas, and uh, BYU and Maryland. So those are our five for our Power Five picks. We've Here, both gone. We both gone three and two yes. every week, right? Yeah, I'm six and three to six and four. You're six and four to start the year. So we'll grade ourselves come Monday. So appreciate uh, the contributions. Uh, all right, also popping this weekend. In addition to all the football, baseball. Don't forget about it. Rangers. I mean. Start that 10-game that stretch where seven of their games are against the Seattle Mariners. Three games in Arlington. Astros are playing the Royals this weekend. And think about this. The, the Mariners' last 10 games, Rangers this week, Astros for three, and then four with the Rangers. So I don't know that we've seen a, as compelling a divisional race here with the final 10 days. Props to the Major League Baseball schedule makers because this is what you want. Head-to-head matchups down the stretch. Astros may have the advantage here because they get the Royals. And then I think they get the Diamondbacks to end up the regular season. So you don't have to go head-to-head with these teams. Only the Rangers and the Mariners are doing that. So uh, enjoy that all weekend. We'll be talking about it on Monday at 6 a.m. Hopefully we'll get some news on Rod and the baby because uh, that could happen at any moment. have not heard from him to this point, but uh, that's going to happen soon. So we're excited about it. Best of luck. We're sending prayers out to Rod and Melissa, and uh, we'll have more on Monday on that. But join us tomorrow, 4 o'clock, 4 to 6, at Doc's Backyard for our watch party. 
and pregame show, getting ready for Texas and Baylor. Also, Ty, are you going to get into the uh, Lake Travis game tonight? Is that going to happen? Probably not. Probably Although not. I'll make it up. I don't know. We'll right. see. Right. We'll see you at Docs tomorrow. If you missed any part of the show, we had great guests today. Bobby Burton. Uh, we talked with Matt Mosley. Casey Stutter dropped by. Quan Cosby with Rod being out. We had a, a great lineup. So if you missed any of the show today, you want to go back and listen on the podcast, do that at hornfm.com. Jim Rome Show next. Rich Eisen to follow. Then it's Patrick Davis with the Sports Complex.